We just looked at Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. There's six verses in this psalm, and I'm going to be honest, it's one of my favorite psalms in the whole Bible. It's the first psalm, and it's my favorite psalm. I love it. And uh, one of the reasons is because this psalm basically says, are you going to walk the path that the Lord has for you? Or are you going to walk in the path of the wicked? There's the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked. And it's up to every person right here. I'm looking around the room. It's up to you, every individual in this room to decide what are you going to do? Like what path are you going to take in the journey? It's not a group project. It's you. You have to make the decision. You've got to be the one to put your foot forward and say, I'm going to walk in either the path of the righteous or the path of the wicked. And I'm going to be real with you. Psalm 1 really doesn't give a lot of gray room in the middle to be like, well, you're kind of one foot in and one foot out. This dude writes a psalm that basically says, you got to decide. What are you going to do? It begins with saying, blessed Blessed is the man. And that doesn't mean that all the women in the room are just exempt from this psalm. It means blessed is the person. That's what it means. And the way that it's, it's like translated, it says blessed is the man, but it's really saying blessed is the person. Blessed is every individual, every individual who walks not, in the way the, walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. We're going to talk more about what that blessing looks like, but what you need to know is this, God's goodness, God's mercy, God's forgiveness, God's grace, God is your refuge, God is your rock, God is your stronghold, God is your savior, God is your, your redeemer, is the one who's going to bless you when you walk in the path of righteousness. That's what will follow this person who takes the path of righteousness. So if you're taking notes, the first thing we're going to see is this. The person who is blessed, the person who is, is, is walking with the Lord, here's this one, the one who avoids the detours of the world avoids the detours of the world. Let me explain this. He begins by saying, blesses the person who chooses not to walk in the counsel of the wicked. Think about it. The counsel of the wicked, meaning the counsel of the world. And I'm gonna be real with you, a lot of believers are seeking counsel from the world. They really are. Man, they, they ask, what, what's the... What's our response supposed to be towards, um, man, anxiety, depression, all that kind of side of stuff? That, that, how do I deal with that? The world would say self-harm. That's what they would say. Self-harm is the avenue you take when you deal with anxiety and depression. Is that what the Bible says? No, it doesn't. But the counsel of the wicked says so. Well, man, the Bible says, man, you're dealing with a lustful thought towards a girl or a guy, or maybe you're dealing with a homosexual thought in your heart. What does the world say? Man, indulge. Do your thing. Chase that. Go that route. Is that what the Bible says? No. And we could continue to go down this road, this, 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 this track and see what does the world say? What's the counsel of the wicked give us? And what this is saying, blessed is the person who chooses not to take the counsel of the wicked, who chooses not to walk in the counsel of the wicked, 
but rather they follow the Lord. The second thing we see is they say he's just, that this person is not to stand, remember that? Stand in the way of sinners, meaning standing in the path. There's like an escalation here. At first, we were just walking, right? We were just walking in the council of the wicked, and then pretty soon, now you're kind of standing with them, and then eventually it says, Blessed is the person who not only just doesn't walk in the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Here's what I want you to see. If you've if you're, if you got, you got a Bible with you, hard copy, what I did is I circled walk, stand, and sit. Because there is a progressive nature with sin. There's a progressive nature with sin. If here is me sitting in sin, and I were to tell you when I was in sixth grade, there's no way I'm going to be doing this right here. In sixth grade, you know what I'm doing? I'm walking around it. I'm kind of pacing near it. I'm curious about it. And eventually I say, well, I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not sitting in it. Yeah, sure, I'm standing near it. I'm, the line has gotten a little bit closer, but I'm not sitting in that seat. But then by the time I'm in eighth grade, now I'm in the middle of this junk over here and I'm tied up with the entanglements of sin all of my life. If I would have just avoided the walking over there, I would have never got to the standing and I would have never got to the sitting. And y'all know it, y'all have experienced it. All of you have experienced it. You tell yourself, man, I'm, I am not... I know, I know a student that I've, I've just dealt with, I've talked with them. They said, I would never... Look at these inappropriate things on my phone. I would never request this from someone from down the road of that. I would never do that. That is horrible. But then they begin over here by just curiosity. They're searching things on the web. They're, they're asking friends about things. They're talking about things. They're laughing at jokes with their friends over here. They're not doing that over there, but they're starting to kind of dabble with it a little bit here. And then eventually the line gets a little bit further. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm messing up over here, but I'm not doing that over there. And next thing you know, they're, they're having conversations they shouldn't be having, or maybe they're starting to do things they shouldn't be doing that they know are wrong. But, but then eventually these things lead to a spot where now they are knee deep. They are sitting, wallowing in the muddy, filthy sin that they told themselves a long time ago they would never do. Why? Because they were walking in the counsel of the wicked that led them to stand in the way of sinners that eventually led them to sit in the seat of scoffers, meaning they progressively went down the rabbit hole of sin and now they're at this spot here saying, how did I get here? Y'all with me, right? Y'all get that? Thank you, I appreciate that. I'm here to tell you students, you want the blessing of the Lord. You want to walk with the Lord. You want to enjoy the Lord to the fullest. What he has for you then don't take counsel with the wicked. Don't walk in the way of the wicked. Don't stand in the way of sinners and don't sit in the seat of scoffers. Avoid that. Don't take the detour from the path of the righteous down the path of the wicked. Don't go that route. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to ruin your life. And the language of the enemy is lies. And he will tell you all day long, oh man, don't worry about that. When he's in the garden with Eden, he said, oh, did God really say? You surely won't really die. When he's tempting Jesus in the wilderness, oh man, just have one loaf of bread. Just turn that rock into a piece of bread and you'll be good to go. Cast yourself down from here and I'll give you the kingdoms. He's just spitting lies all day long. And I'm here to tell you, students, don't believe the lies. It's gonna rob you. You're gonna look back on your three years in middle school and say, how did I get here? 
And you know what you're going to say? You're going to look back and say, it began when I was walking the counsel of the wicked. I slipped into standing, and then I eventually slipped into the sitting. I don't want you to miss out. Because the opposite of blessing is what? Cursing. I don't want you to live in the life of curses because you disobeyed and ran from the Lord. I want you to live in the blessings of the Lord. I mean that for every single one of you. Like, I want you to have the best life possible, and you're not going to experience it if you avoid the path of the righteous. If you detour in the ways of the wicked, I promise you are going to be robbed of so many joys in life. And some of you right now are saying, dude, you don't even know. Like, I'm already down that path deep. I mean, I'm stopped at the pop-up shop down the street. I mean, I know the road well because I've been living in the path of wicked for a long time. You're like, what do I do now? Am I just in the pits? Is there no redemption? Is there no forgiveness? I'm here to tell you, yes, there is. Holy smokes, God loves you so, so much. And he's ready to redeem, to wash clean, to wipe the canvas with all the nasty junk and paint a beautiful portrait on top of it. If you will just return to him, you can do it so simply. Confess your sins to the Lord. Repent, say, I'm sorry, God. I don't want to do that anymore. I want to walk with you. I don't want to walk down the way of the wicked. I want to walk down the way of the righteous. I don't want to walk with the counsel of the wicked. I want to walk in the counsel of my Lord. I don't want to stand in the way of sinners. I want to stand in the way of my Savior. I don't want to sit in the seat of scoffers. I want to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's where I want to go. Begin today pursuing a different path and watch and see that Psalm, I think it's 27, he says, surely goodness and mercy will follow those who keep the testimonies of the Lord and the commandments of him. Surely goodness and mercy. What it means is, is blessed is the person who will walk in the path of the righteous. So avoid, if you're taking notes, avoid the detours of the world and replace it with this. This is the good news, y'all. This is my biggest challenge for you. If you're in middle school, if you can capture this in your three years of middle school, it will change your life. I mean that. I'm telling you straight up. It will change your life. The second point, can you pull it up from the screen for us? The second point is real simple. Avoid the detours of the world. And number two, we got it for us? No? It's okay. All right, that's fine. The second one is delight in the word. I couldn't remember my first word there. That's why I was asking to pull it up on the slides, hoping they could help me. I was cheating a little bit. I apologize for that. But I couldn't remember the first word. I think it, I can't remember the first one. It's back there on my notes. I left my notes back there. So delight in the word. So instead of taking the detours of the world, you ought to delight in the word. This says, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, what does delight mean? Happiness, joy, excitement. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. His delight. Think about what you delight in. I know for me, I delight in tonight. I'm going to Chick-fil-A and I can't wait. Ain't that right? We end up Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. And I really love four Chick-fil-A sauce with my Chick-fil-A. I delight in that. And when I'm missing out, I love also extra ice in my sweet tea. And I delight whenever I seriously get sad when there's not extra ice because it's just not the same. It don't hit the same. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I mean. I delight in birthday cake ice cream, one of my all-time favorites. I delight in thin Reese's cups. You know what I'm talking about, the thin ones? Big fan. Yeah, if you're, I know what you're thinking. The ratio's off. No, it's perfect, okay? I also delight 
I delight in, y'all gonna, maybe I shouldn't say that one, maybe. I'll, I'll say it anyways, all right? I delight in all the Marvel movies. Big fan. Anytime a trailer drops, I'm watching it. There's things I look forward to, I'm excited about. Like, I'm anticipating, I'm talking about it. I delight in the Memphis Grizz, making the playoffs and winning this year. I delight in that. You see how we get excited about stuff? David is writing in Psalm 1 where he's like getting around the table. He's like, yo, dude, 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 dude. The Bible, though. You know what I'm talking about? And people are like, yeah, man, that's so much fun. Like when I talk about Reese's Thins, like there's some excitement in the room because you're like, I've been there, done that, tasted that. That's how David's like, man, I am giddy. And I'm hitting the, gr- I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just gonna say hitting the gritty. My bad, sorry. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. You would have, yeah, all right, here we go. I'm, I'm giddy about the Bible. I'm excited. Like I walk into a room and I'm like, I gotta talk to you about it. Like, I want to talk to you about what I'm learning, and I want to talk to you about what you're learning, and I want to hear about what God's teaching you. Like, that's the attitude of someone in Psalm 1 when I say delight in the law of the Lord. Can I be real with you, though? Law of the Lord means, like, commands and rules. And to be honest, nobody in this room is all giddy and jumping about rules and commands. Right? When your parents tell you you got to do something, you're like, oh. you know what I mean? Y'all been there, Right? And I'm not knocking your mom and dad. I'm supporting your mom and dad in this. I'm just telling y'all, I resonate with you. Rules and commands are usually, they feel like they are robbing you of blessings. That's what they feel like. And I'm here to tell you today that that is a lie from the enemy. If I were to be playing basketball, Ethan, can I get you real quick to help me out? Put your Bible up for a second. We're gonna pretend like that's the goal right there. You're gonna come up here and guard me, okay? I want y'all to call it. If I do something wrong... Y'all know the rules of basketball. Y'all know, if you don't, then pretend like you do. If I do something wrong, y'all let me know, okay? I'm going to come right here. I'm going to come right here, and I'm going to pull this right here. I'm going to take a couple steps. I made it, and that's a three, baby. Count it. Yeah, sit down, man. Offensive foul. Ethan's a big help, man. Here's the deal. Y'all are mad at me, right? I'm the bad guy. Why? Because I broke the rules. And because why? Because rules are necessary. The commands are for the better of the game. The commands are a good thing. Whenever Ethan comes up to guard me and I foul him and I push him down and I travel four or five, ten times and I take a layup and hit it and they count it for three, you're like, that is cheap. Y'all are mad. I'll let you hold that for the rest of the day. Thanks, Ethan. You're the man, bro. Appreciate you, bro. Here's the deal. Rules from the authorities have been given for our good, for our pleasure. And the people who get mad about the rules are the ones who are breaking them. The ones who who are mad about the rules, the ones who are happy that no one's calling rules in the middle of the game are the ones who are breaking them because they can do whatever they want. But the ones who are following the rules are the ones who are like, come on. There's commands in place. They're a good thing. I delight in the rules because they help me in the journey. And the same thing, if I were to say that there's a rule in your home, if your parents were to say, you know what? Forget this whole 16 thing driver's license. Go take my keys out and grab you, take your car for a spin. Take your little brother for a spin too with you. You'll be like, this is wrong, right? Because, yeah, because I'm taking my brother. The rules, you would say, this is wrong. This is 
This shouldn't be right. And I'm here to tell you, students, that the commands, the rules given by God, are there for a purpose, for your protection, for your blessing, for your enjoyment. God doesn't say that you shouldn't have, have oh, sorry, about to say something. God doesn't say that you shouldn't self-harm yourself when you're dealing with depression because he, he just doesn't like you and he wants to rob you of joy. No, he's doing that because he cares about you. God's not telling you that you shouldn't indulge in homosexuality because he's like, oh man, he's just trying to rob your joy. He's saying he's got a better plan for you between a husband and a wife down the road. He's not telling that you shouldn't, man, be physical with a girlfriend or boyfriend because he's trying to suck the joy out of your life. He's saying, no, I'm protecting you from, hey, right here, right here, I'm not playing. Y'all's generation knows all about it. I'm telling you, God's not telling you this stuff to rob you of joys. He's got something so much better for you one day in your marriage. God's not telling you to watch what you say about people because he's, he's just mad at you. He's saying that because he wants to guard your friendships, relationships. Right here, right here, right here. God's not telling you these things because he doesn't care about you. On the contrary, he has given you rules and commands in your life because he has a great, great plan for your life. God's rules are there so you can enjoy God's blessings. God's rules are in place so you can enjoy God's blessings. So he says you ought to delight in the law of the Lord. And then he also says after there, you ought to meditate on the word day and night. Did y'all see that part? Charles Spurgeon used to say, meditating, let me go and get this straight for you. It's not, do we, have, we don't have that photo, do we? Do we have a photo? Meditating is not this for me. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about yoga. And it's not also this right here. Next one. It's also not Yoda either, okay? It's not, it's not like this slow, weird language you got to speak. Charles Spurgeon says that meditating was like uh, marinating on something or, or chewing on something. He compared it to whenever cows would chew grass and they would chew on it multiple times. What they would do, they would chew on it and then they would swallow it and go down their stomach digest a little bit, and y'all are going to be grossed out. Just chill with me. Don't make weird noises on me. They would spit it back up and chew on it some more and then swallow it through. It was called chewing the cud. It's called ruminating, I think is what it is. Ruminate. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If anyone's out, yeah, they're like, yeah, that's it. I trust you, all right? Can I show this video? This is chewing the cud. Yeah. Cows would just chew on it for hours and hours and hours. Huh? Y'all seen cows do this, right? Where they're just parked out front and they're just like staring at you, chewing. All right, that's enough. I've had enough of the nostril. Here's the deal. That is the imagery that David is giving us when he talks about a delight in the Bible and a meditation on his word. That is the language that he's talking about here. Let me just ask you straight up. And I don't want you to give me an answer. I want you to process it yourself. Have you ever done an entire five days in a row where you straight up, have you ever had a season in your life where you actually say this? You were chewing on the word of God. And when you would walk in with your friends at a, at a hangout or when you go to school, like what you wanted to talk about was the Bible. Have you ever had a season like that? 
where you come home and you're like, I don't even care about hanging out with my friends. I don't even care about watching TV. I just want to read the Bible. Like, that's all I want to do. Students, if y'all can begin in this season of life, chewing on the Word, thinking about it, meditating on it, it will change your entire life. And I don't know how else to tell you all that besides in that simple sentence. It started when I was in eighth grade reading the Bible. And I was not good at reading. And I, I struggled with understanding everything in there. But I loved it. So much so that when I got home, I didn't go run to the TV. I didn't go run to my Xbox. Man, I genuinely just ran to my bed. I sat on my camouflage bed and I read my Bible. I just loved it, man. And here's the deal. I, I literally, y'all going to think I'm such a nerd, but here's the deal. It was like Friday night. Friends are going to do all these other things. And I would call my youth group friends and I would say, hey, y'all want to come over to the house and have a Bible study? And my friends would come over and we would sit and talk for like two hours about what we'd been reading the Word. I remember we started reading through books of the Bible together and it was just life-giving. Were we perfect? No, man, we weren't. Were we like super Christians? No, we just loved the Bible. We just loved it. And when we got together, we just wanted to talk about it. Students, I'm, I'm just, I'm begging you in this ministry. Who is going to delight in the law of the Lord? And who's going to begin meditating on it day and night? When you wake up, you don't grab your phone first, you grab the word. And when you're getting ready for bed, you're not looking and scrolling through stuff or watching for things. You just grab your Bible before you go to bed. And you say, I just want to hear a word from the Lord before I go to bed tonight. If you begin doing that, God is going to start speaking in your life in a real way. He'll start speaking to those challenges. When you say, man, I'm dealing with anxiety and depression, don't take counsel with the wicked. Take counsel with the Lord. When you start looking around at your life about dealing with different temptations, man, you ain't got to fall into that. You can dodge it with the word. I promise, students. I'm challenging you. Don't, don't leave here tonight without making changes in your life to be able to start delighting in the word and meditating on it day and night. Imagine Trey. I'm going to walk up to you real quick. Is that okay? Imagine Trey showing up. You're at Lakeland, aren't you? Yeah. Imagine you show up at Lakeland Middle School tomorrow. You sit at your table. Do you have any believers with you at your lunch table? Uh, yeah, yeah. Any lost people? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Imagine you walk up into your lunchroom tomorrow. You take your Bible, which hopefully you read either tonight or tomorrow morning. And you say, hey, can I just show you something I've been learning in the Bible? And you go to Genesis or Exodus, wherever you've been reading. And you say, hey, this is something I learned. I, I brought my Bible today. I wanted to show y'all. What do y'all think about this? Or you can say, hey, this is what God convicted me of in my reading today. You may be the only kid in your school to ever do that this year. Think about the impact you can have on the friends around you. Think about what could happen to you if you begin taking your Bible to school and you're reading it during class because you're chewing on the Word of God. I'm not asking you to go do something big and grandest. I'm just asking you to begin taking the Bible with you in life. 
chewing on it all day long. I'm, I'm also not asking this. I don't, I don't want you, I, can I, just be, I don't want you to walk around and be the person made fun of all day either. I know what you're thinking. When I say that, you're like, dude, I'm gonna be the weirdo in my class. I'm not asking you to be weird. I'm asking you to simply be a real Christian. Just be a real believer who loves the Bible and can't help but talk about it. I'm not saying when you show up at class, all you can say is things that are quoted from Genesis and Exodus. I'm just saying, can you at least quote something? Can you at least start somewhere and start living as a real believer? Because too many people in your school are playing man, knick-knack paddywhack with the righteous and the wicked. They can't decide which road they're going to take. And I'm just ready for a generation that's real and authentic when it comes to following Jesus. I challenge you students, avoid the detours of the world. Don't walk in the path of the wicked. Do not stand in the way of sinners and do not sit in the seat of scoffers, but delight in the word, to delight in the law, and to meditate on it when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night and everywhere in between, would you just live in the word of God? Does that make sense? Avoid the ways of the wicked and delight in the word. That's my challenge, guys. All of you are able to do it. I'm not asking you to do something big or grandest. I'm just asking you to do something very simple. Begin right now in this season, diving into the word with a greater delight than you've ever had. I promise you start reading, the Lord's gonna show you some cool things. I promise.